This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for a quick reaction to the Villa game in Scouseland, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome. Hello. And Mr. Phil Shaw. Hello. Both joining me fresh from uh, a discussion uh, in Match Club, which uh, actually was a decent uh, discussion uh, considering, uh, well, I mean, it was a, it was a decent performance uh, all in. It was just uh, the lack of points on the board, but uh, we'll get into that. Uh, so in terms of uh, the expectations going in, Liverpool have won every game at home, haven't they, this season? 100% record, yeah. So this is what we're dealing with. This is the context uh, of what we we're doing. What we were hoping for is... Uh, the champagne would still be swilling in the belly uh, as uh, Manchester City put them to the sword. We thought we might have a little inkling, see a chink there, lack of motivation maybe from uh, Liverpool. In the end, all in uh, a decent performance. And uh, I think I said uh, in Match Club and also uh, as, as, as we were watching the game, it's like 95 percent of what we set out to do and that the whole match plan was was kind of executed spot on it was just that the that final five percent that really let us down the uh you know when we had breaks four against three three against two we just didn't have that kind of clinical final pass or the you know the decisiveness to uh do something about it and i think that's humstrung us uh since the restart 
Agreed. You know, we were you know set ourselves up really solidly to sort of negate the threat, which I think we did superbly for the first what 65, 70 minutes. We, you know, we got into some good positions, especially on the break, but we just didn't have, as we've said on probably every podcast since the restart, we just we haven't got that extra gear yet to really get after a team which today you needed you know you needed to kind of gamble a couple of times and we just never did you know we we mentioned in match club about going into the united game and rolling the dice we never really rolled the dice against liverpool but we managed to keep them at arm's length for long periods which smith will be you know pleased about but at some point we're going to have to go and win games but saying that i thought we did enough to get our noses in front i mean as, as yeah, i yeah. said Absolutely. you know we had the four against the three mm-hmm. we had the three against two and it's just uh i mean we've seen it before when when somebody gets in a position, you, you you don't feel like there's an opportunity there. It's uh, it's it's a bizarre one. No, for the for the first time, I mean, we had said before, like um, you don't set up to play Villa don't set up to play a counter attacking game. They don't have the weapons. Well, today we didn't have the end product, but we we definitely set up to play a counter attacking game. And yep. you've seen we had plenty of three on twos, four on twos, but again, it was just the final ball, the final decision making, just let us down again, just at the yeah. sharp end. In terms of setting traps, as Dean Smith mentions, I think we actually did set traps to get that counter and be in effective positions. I think you know this is by far the best performance and most effective performance we've had uh, since the restart. And you look at the stats, you look at the possession, and you're thinking, oh shit, this is another Chelsea shit show, 72% Liverpool. But everything else, Villa had more shots, 9-6 to six in terms of shots, and then shots on target, Liverpool 4, Villa 3. So in terms of you know real opportunities, it, it was you know, reasonably uh, neck and neck. I mean, let's let's be brutally honest. I don't think Liverpool were at their best. By any no, they means. didn't. They, yeah. certainly, they certainly lacked intensity, which probably played into our hands, and that probably suited us in terms of it allowed us to hold our our shape better when we didn't have the ball. You know, we had probably you know, a solid back four because Conzer and Taylor didn't venture over the halfway line too often and then the two wingers are tucking as well so we had at least six, like a line of six almost along the back line when we didn't have the ball and, and that was principally to uh, cut down those spaces in between the full back and centre back that obviously their front three tends to thrive on yeah and we didn't let them get in behind I think if we'd have opened up and really good, tried to throw men forward. I think that's when you would have seen us get picked off. Yeah, we don't we don't really have the players to mount a siege, though, do we? That is the. Uh, I think the only way we could have got something from Liverpool is the way we play today, and we just didn't have the end product ultimately to uh, get ahead. And uh, it was, I mean, against Wolves, for example, you felt they they would just slip into another gear and finish us off in the you know last twenty minutes or so, and you felt the same here. But unlike the Wolves game we actually had chances to get in front and uh when you're not taking chances and there's you know there were some wasteful balls as well as i said you know 95 percent, i thought we did to the letter the plan we set out but it was just that uh the fine margins as they call them uh a either we're not getting the, you know look of the green or b the player for some reason is you know his timing's not in or he doesn't just like go for it and you know put the boot through it yeah, it is. It is those simple things. I mean, we look at if you take the two chances Jack had in the second half, uh, the one that he has a chance to shoot and he hits Van Dyke in the back, and then the one right at the end where Allison makes a a decent save, but Jack really should have done better. I mean, yeah, fine margins. Yeah, I agree, and and I think if Jack's playing with all the pomp, I think he scores that. You know, he he buries that. If he is, you know, the player that uh, he's muted to be, he puts that one away. So that you know, if you're taking it and he is the player that the hype suggests, then this is obviously a mental situation. Or if he's not the player that is the hype suggests, then obviously there's a lot of hype there. 
But again, expecting a bit more from him because you need him to to do something, to uh, get something against a team like Liverpool. I mean, the only way you can beat Liverpool with the personnel we've got is to set out as we did and run the game plan and we and we did for the large part of the game and then you the bits of quality you have in your team to actually step up to the plate and do something and uh, again uh, nowhere to be seen we just lack the weapons don't we to get it over the line which liverpool don't you know they had a couple of chances and they buried them and that's the difference between where we are and they are they can play very averagely for 75 minutes take the lead and they know that then then they're relatively comfortable and you know, by the time the second goal comes it flatters them but it you know it's game over and it doesn't really matter what worries me is uh the, the two scenarios that can happen here is we get relegated or we stay up and then it's what do you do in terms of the striker situation because i'm not 100 percent convinced by wesley samata i mean the jury's still out he's only scored one goal davis a work in progress potentially uh, will work better on the championship canvas. But to get traction, you need, it's like, you know, for example, Danny Ings, Southampton aren't in a relegation battle, even though they've had some dodgy moments this season because he's fired them out of it. As anybody used to say, you know, to get out of the championship, you need a striker who bangs in 20-odd goals. You know, we had that in Tammy Abraham, who uh, did a lot of the heavy lifting to keep us game for that 10-game uh, winning run. We need to address this situation because, you know, traditionally any football team needs a striker to uh, or strikers to reach levels and if we had even if we had just a half decent striker you know who who was known for getting into double figures every season i think we would uh, have a, a lot more points in the bank even you know this at this stage so do yeah. we have to go out and buy more i mean what, what is wesley a rainy night in stoke kind of player is samatov because his body language doesn't look that great they're all they're all strikers that want service and our strikers are just not getting put in front of goal where they where you think yeah he should have buried that we're not our strikers aren't being wasteful they're just not getting the service and yet we have Aston Villa fans are led to believe two of the best Premier League midfielders in the team so why aren't we getting the service what's the problem it could be tactical it could be other personnel it could just could just be that the collective just doesn't work you know you've got lots of good individual players but they don't work as a unit I mean it was said said before but I mean can you see how the ball gets from our back four to a striker you know today Day was a bit of a breath of fresh air for me because I, I seen like a plan. I seen the the triangles up the pitch, and it eventually got into some of those positions. I mean, it maybe not got didn't get the striker in, but it got us into the final third. But yeah. in other games, there's there's just no plan to get it from back to front. I mean, falling out of this game, we lost, and when we went, you know, when we conceded the first goal, it wasn't. I wasn't that that depressed. I mean, I'm just glad it wasn't a uh, you know a howling mistake, which has undermined us a lot of the time. A, a lot of you know decent effort has been undermined, but at the same time. It wasn't. It was perhaps the best performance because we did attack and we did look like you know we we were capable of a counter. We managed to set the traps to uh, trigger the counter, and we looked pretty good. And we you know we had a man over at, at times. It was just uh, it was just that final pass. Simple as that. Agreed. Yeah, and it's probably an experience from not having been in that position throughout the season. We need points here. It doesn't matter about performances nowadays. Uh, how does the, but how does this performance and what you actually saw from Liverpool, if this was our uh, an improved performance, translate when when it comes to Manchester United? I think it shows that we can hold a good side a good side at arm's length, which we're going to have to do against Man U. It shows that we've got the 
the, the shoots are there of Villa trying to go through the gears, but at some point we are going to have to roll the dice and go, do you know what? Today we are going for the win. We're not playing to shut the game down and try and nick something. We are going for it today. And whether or not that, whether or not Smith will, and he'll consider that cavalier, he may play against United to try and nick the win again. Well, I, I was thinking um, United are a bit more, let's say, uh, the adrenaline's pumping a bit more. So those traps that we set for Liverpool might actually uh, work better against yeah, United. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. United United will try and force it a bit more, won't they? Yeah, they will. They will become knocking on the door. Let's say with more intent and probably you know at a faster rate of knots than Liverpool did. You know, Liverpool uh, knew they could cruise a little bit and then uh, just step it up when they needed to in the last ten minutes or so. Mm-hmm. So United might be more game for it. So it might be a good little dress rehearsal in that respect. Uh, I can't see us if we go toe to toe with United in the in the way they're playing when it gets open, like you know Bournemouth. It was. Uh, it wasn't like Bournemouth setting up to uh, frustrate United. They, you know, they tried to have a go and they got uh, taken apart. Yeah, they were naive, weren't they? So I don't think we've got the weapons. Well, considering we've got like our strike forces, one goal for the season in the league. Uh, I don't think we can play an open game against United. But I no. think we've we've seen enough from the Liverpool game that w- it comes down to our finishing in the final third. But set pieces could be huge. Yeah, if, we can, if we can set up sort of base camp in the final third, get ourselves around the penalty area, that's where you're going to get Grealish win free kicks, and that's you know all of a sudden that brings the McGinn's, Horans, etc. into the game. And this has been one of our biggest disappointments in the restart is our deliveries on uh, any type of set pieces. Yeah, because lest we forget, it doesn't really matter who scores. As much as we want our strikers to be prolific, if it means the centre-backs are having to chip in with goals to keep us up, so be it. It doesn't matter where the goals come from. But the delivery has been awful, isn't it? Atrocious. It gives you a lot of hope. If you look at United's back well, back four, no matter which four they play, they're not a patch in Liverpool's back four today. And we did no. get into situations against them. I mean, Maguire, Lindelof, Bailly, if he plays, there's three you can get You can get at any of our strikers. You have to be brave, don't you? Like we were when we went to Old Trafford. We went there and we had a go. Yeah, I wish we had something a bit more uh, like nippy to play up against Maguire because he, uh, he struggles against a fast-thinking uh, striker. I mean, I mean, you, yeah, Newcastle gave him a, a knockout blow, didn't they, earlier in the season? Yeah, I think he might. I mean, I think Davis might play into the kind of game he he likes. You know, if it gets kind of physical and Davis is trying to hold it up, and it's, there's nothing too fast and sharp going around him, yeah. I think we need to uh, give him something to think about. And you know, Grealish needs to really kind of push in and try to get past uh, Davis. Grealish needs to be as close to whoever starts up front as possible against Manu. He needs to really get up the field. Yeah, and that 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 could be the key, and getting more out of you know McGinn and Louise in the final third as well, because potentially they're starting to purr a little bit now. And you think if they can go up another level for the running, those two could be pivotal. Even if you might have to sacrifice Jack and say, Do you know what, actually, if he pulls people out of the game, but McGinn is at the races, that's when the opportunities might come. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I thought uh, Louise again uh, just looked very accomplished uh, against Liverpool. Probably yeah. even, you know, even a, an extra step from what we've seen already this uh, restart. Yeah, physically he's putting himself around, isn't he? And, he, and I think he's he's up for the scrap, but he's also quite composed on the ball. Yeah, there's quite a, there's quite a few little back heeler flicks uh, going on. There was one little interchange between him and El Ghazi in the first half, which was uh, pretty fun stuff. But it, it looked like we we're you know we we're playing him on the same plateau when Louise was around. Well, he's that kind of player, isn't he? He's technically very gifted. You just need to get him on the ball and let him run the game. And I think actually, if you let him run the game, you you can put Jack into positions where he can hurt teams. You must yeah. that Jack has to delegate some of the workload. What did you think of uh, Graham Souness's comments uh, about Grealish? Uh before the game uh, regarding uh, he doesn't see the pass early enough and you know this is partly why he's why he's getting fouled all the time fair mm-hmm. do you care to elaborate so? <laughs> just just that isn't he you know Villa fans know how Grealish plays and he will slow the game down for you but he's also your match winner he 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 wins the game for you by pulling people in and then releasing the ball He's not yep. just going to get his head down and run. He's not that kind of player. Um, if you look at the the perfect example of Grealish is Connor's goal against West Brom at Villa Park in the playoff semi-final last year. Yep. Three West Brom players go to him and he just lays it off for somebody else. I mean, he should he should be dragging at least two players everywhere. But yeah. re- since January, you must say, when he's done that, or if he's done that, nobody has went to fill the vacuum. Obviously, missing McGinn to do that. And yeah. I mean, other players just—they're just not seeing the space, or not not having the guts to go into the space and leave their predefined sort of defensive role. Yeah, no, kind of a lack lack of willing runners. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. bravery as well, isn't it? It's that bravery to go. Do you know, what? I'm going to take responsibility here. I mean, you know, a great example uh, as Phil used. You know, the the Norwich game on uh, Boxing Day. You know, he pulled two, three players in, laid it off, kind of smashes it in the top corner. Goals like that. The game against Brighton when Target scored. You know, Dra- Jack sucks two players in, takes them out of the game target set up and scores it's those are where jack's at his best yeah at the moment the scenario seems to be jack gets the ball looks up for some movement there isn't any so suddenly two or three players around him then again no nobody around so you know he has to take the foul and that's it and yeah he's uh, almost playing for, he's playing for field position yeah and uh that's not going to really upset the uh the defensive setup you've got to have willing runners to actually if he's taking players out of the game then you've got to exploit those spaces and uh, manufacture something from that mm-hmm. 
and he's got to use those players as well. I mean, there there is an element. I mean, what can be hard on him, but there could be an element that he's trying to do too much himself. And just yeah. run, run I'd, I'd agree with that. You can you saw that in a couple of the games, certainly the Sheffield United game earlier mm-hmm. in the campaign. You just you just think you know he has the look of a man who's got the weight of the world on his shoulders because he's taking on too much. Yeah, there was a moment in in the Liverpool game actually when uh, he was on the right. He cut. Sorry, he was on the left. He cut in onto his right. And there was three other players in the box where he just went for it alone when he could have potentially laid it off there. But you know, it's 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 a, it's a tough one. I mean, it's easy to you know see it on the, on the screen. I mean, hey, Liverpool had a defence back, and there it was. You knew if he had gone to try, you know, take it on himself, it was going to get blocked. So there is that. Does he sometimes uh, not play it quick enough, or uh, you know, have that? instinctive vision i mean he can wait a pass well when he when he sees it map out in a more let's say obvious fashion but when it's uh when you need something a bit sharper to get through like a liverpool uh didn't seem to have it in his uh in his toolbox today i mean i mean things like you know, the break he had against norwich when he scored at carrow road and when the uh sheffield united wasn't it the, the ball where he ran through them gave the ball to el ghazi with a great slide rule pass cut them open and then obviously davis should have scored that's yeah. where you want to see Jack. You want to see him take the ball and drive at teams. Yeah, not running into a, you know, a brick wall or running it into the corner. You need you need to get them to turn their heels. You know, they it can't just be running into something. He's got to have them on the back foot. And a lot of the time, when he when he has it on the left, the reason he can cut inside is because a lot of the, more often than not, he's had target or another overlapping outside of him so he can cut inside. I said before this game that we need to get something from Liverpool United. I mean, I didn't say what. I mean, a point would would do just because the uh, scenario of uh, Watford having to play Norwich, you've got West Ham playing Norwich. So if those are bankers, and hopefully Norwich put up some kind of fight, especially against Watford. But if they are uh, bankers, you're looking at Watford. By the time we finished with uh, United, we potentially could be uh, four points off Watford, uh, over six behind West Ham. So suddenly you're looking at a t- two results swing. And you need to win now, you know, one of those at least. And there's only four games left. And to have a two result swing within four games is asking for quite a lot. I mean, potentially uh, West Ham, all they need is four points from the next three games. And then we're looking at we'd need a three results swing if we don't beat United. And then we don't beat Palace. Then we've got uh, a world of pain. But even though we lost this game against Liverpool, I'm a bit more optimistic for the United game than I was before the Liverpool game, if that makes sense. I think we've just got to feel that we can go there and win. We've got to go on the pitch and believe we can do this because we can. And you look today, we were looking for the, a little bit of a shoot of, you know, just give me something to make me believe that, well, okay, we can take the game to teams. Well, we can take the game to teams. Yeah. You know, we've got another, what is it, four, four days of recovery and to fine tune where we're at and hopefully, you know, get out of team. Phil? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm Any not Any optimism? Known, yeah, I'm not, I'm not known for my positivity, but I think it comes down to the United game. That That's the... The pivotal point of this, if we're going to stay, if we're going to stay up, we're getting, we'll have to get something from that United game, and I think there there is a chance of getting something. I mean, like I work with countless Man United fans, as I suppose a lot of people do, and you know they're they're still not overly confident in how they're playing, and there was they weren't surprised at all whenever Bournemouth took the lead yesterday. So there's there's always an element of we look at other teams sort of a bit rose tinted, and we look at our own team the opposite of rose tinted. Yeah, was it? I can't remember if it was in Match Club or. Where I said that United, uh, although you know they're getting there and, and they've got this fresh vibrancy uh, in attack now, especially with Mason Greenwood, who's just it seems to have clicked in uh, that that front three. But still, in in defence, it wasn't like 
you know, in yesteryear with a fully fledged, fully formed Manchester United team, they would have beaten Bournemouth four or five nil in a similar scenario. But here you have a, a five two, and you know, there's frailties in that back line at United. It's not an established uh, back four like like your Liverpool's, but. We need to get at them, and uh, or we need to uh, take our, you know, take those chances that we made, like today against Liverpool. I've, I mean, I've said it throughout since the restart that we've just got to stay in touch with everyone, and if it means taking it to the last day, which I can see happening at this point, you take that if it's in your hands, and you've got to go to West Ham and get a result. At least you know what you've got to do. Yeah, I mean, there has there has to be, ga- you know, one game at a time, doesn't it? And you and we, you throw everything at Manchester United in terms Absolutely. of absolutely. Having an attitude to get something, there's, there is a bit of a laziness. Uh, some Villa fans are thinking, "Oh well, we'll just wait till the last four games, and you know, we'll win three of them." It's like, yeah, yeah. Look at what West Ham have done. If you can beat one of those big boys that teams won't be expecting you to, it's a psychological knock to everyone else. Now, West Ham yeah. have beaten Chelsea. That's your heavy lifting done. That's their bonus win. Then they exactly. go to Newcastle and get the draw. All of a sudden, they've put four points on the board from two potentially difficult games. Then they get to entertain a Watford or a Norwich, and you think, right, now we're all right. But the thing about just waiting for those last four games that you look at the uh, the fixture lists and go, oh, yeah, you know, we might be able to get something from those, is just look at the league table before you go into those four games. As I said, it looks mm-hmm. light, lightly, unless Norwich can suddenly start performing miracles, it will be a two-result swing away going into the last four games, and it's not going to look good. Well, look at Christmas again. Everybody said that the three games coming up to Christmas was when Villa were going to, you know, sit pull away, pull away. Yeah, and look what happened. Yeah, Here's lost the- to Southampton, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Got hammered by Watford. Watford. So let's end this. It's just a reaction. How how should we end this? <laughs> <laughs> We've just got to keep the faith. You've got to keep the faith means nothing though doesn't it when you boil it down I think you you look at that performance against Liverpool and you think there's an improvement there I think I said in match club if all you'd seen of Aston Villa this season was the two games against Liverpool home and away and then you were told Liverpool had won the league at the end of the season by like 30 plus points and then you were asked so where do you think Aston Villa finished I would say you would guess fifth you know fifth to seventh just based on how competitive we were against Liverpool. I mean, is that a fair assessment? You'd say they were a top 10 side. Oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's not going for five to seven. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you you wouldn't be thinking, uh, you know, struggling as we were. So you've got to take heart, you know, fr- from that. And in terms of Manchester United, it'll be this, you know, how did we do against Old Trafford? I think we were pretty good. It's one of our better performances this season. And arguably, we should have won that game. Yeah. So it's the next game rather than looking over the horizon at those four games because by the time you get to the horizon, uh, we could be uh, knee-deep in quicksand. So uh, let's see what happens against United. Yes, and we are playing against a team with a not-so-stellar manager either, in my opinion. Oh, that's that's for another podcast. Mm. No, not not our manager, their manager. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I meant. The, <laughs> the anti-Norwegian podcast. Right, any final thoughts, gentlemen? No. It has to happen. If we're going to take the scalp, this is the last chance to take yeah. a scalp. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you, you'd prefer to take United than Liverpool, would you? Because, I mean, Liverpool, people would have oh, said... I despise, despise Man United. People would have said, oh, they've won the league. They didn't care. They they took took the foot off the gas. It's not fair. They weren't really playing to their full potential. So there would have always been an excuse there. But if we beat United, it's uh, it's all all well and good. I mean, I mean, I said it before, and I'm, hope, I'm hoping I am tempting fate that we haven't beaten Man U in so many, and I've been to most of these games where we've played United at Villa Park since 95, and we still haven't beaten them. Wouldn't it be ironic to, for the one game that we do beat them at Villa Park and there's no one there to see it? Yeah, exactly. But uh, we'll take that. I'll right. take that. 
Thank you very much for listening, people. And uh, we will be, we'll probably record a full podcast after the Manchester United game. So stay tuned to that. Make sure you catch up on episode 108 so we're not just repeating ourselves. Uh, thank you very much for the Mayo Manset patrons for supporting the show and uh, for everybody who joined us in Match Club. Big thanks to Craig Wright and uh, Neil Walsh for uh, signing up as a Mayo Manset patron as well. Uh, if you want to join uh, Match Club, and also, uh, obviously, become a Mile Man Said patron. Go to MileManSaid.com and check out the uh, patron option in the menu. If you're on a mobile device, just click on those three menu bars to uh, access the patron option there. Thank you very much, uh, everybody, for listening. And until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.